For the last three weeks, Luke's gospel has talked about faith. Two weeks ago, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith, and he said, if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could uproot a tree and plant it in the sea. Last Sunday, when the one leper came back to give thanks for being healed, Jesus told him his faith had saved him. And today's gospel ends with Jesus wondering if he will find any faith on earth when he returns. But underlying this theme of faith is the need for persistent prayer. In today's readings, we heard two very different images of perseverance in prayer. Moses needs the help of his brother and brother-in-law to keep praying for victory, while the poor widow single-handedly defeats the crooked judge without the help of a bribe. Neither gave up. Both were victorious, but in very different ways. And sometimes we have the strength to persist in prayer on our own. But sometimes, as the Beatles said, we get by with a little help from our friends. Let's try it Moses' way. The traditional posture of prayer, similar to how many of us pray to our Father at Mass, is to raise your hands to heaven. So, raise your hands. Everybody raise your hands up. Now, see if you can keep them up for my 20-minute homily. I know you'll soon be praying for me to stop rather than listening, even though you know I've never preached that long in my life. But what if the person on either side of you held up your elbow and helped you to keep your hands up? You'd soon learn not to sit at the end of the pew. But put your arms down now, and let's take this metaphorically. We all come to Mass with a different agenda, a different frame of mind, and a different need on our heart. Some are refreshed and excited to hear God's Word and to receive His body and blood in the Eucharist. And others may have come already weary, confused, or depressed, and are here hoping that finally God will answer their pleas for help. But we have all come together, not alone, so that we can support one another, holding each other's arms up while we're too weary to keep praying, celebrating the life and the love we've been given, even when we don't feel like it. And all of us come with at least a mustard seed of faith, some in thanksgiving like the leper, and some in deep need like the widow. But both are the prayers of faith. So when have you prayed with great persistence for something in your life? I remember when we spent four years building this church, we prayed after every Mass that God would lead us and bless us, and He gave us a wonderful response. As I said a year ago in my Father's Day homily, our second son was, and his wife were alienated from our family for 12 years, and then they separated. And we continued to pray throughout those years. And today they're back in the family together, happy, a wonderful part of our family. So God does answer persistent prayer. When Jesus tells the story of the poor widow asking for justice and not giving up despite the wicked judge who refuses her pleas, he implies but doesn't say she came back one last time after the judge had decided to give in to her. But the parable does not mean we have to badger God to get what we need. But we need to pray always without becoming weary. God's not waiting for us to ask enough times to change his mind. And he's not a vending machine that dispenses when you put enough in, or a slot machine that the more times you pull the handle, the closer you get to a jackpot. Our prayer is not to change God's mind. It's to accommodate his will in our heart. 
But which is more common for you? Praying in thanksgiving for what you've been given or praying for what you need? Both are prayers of faith. One is believing that God, our loving Father, has given us all that we have. And the other is the hope that comes from faith, trusting that God will continue to give us all that we need if we just bring our needs to Him. And both of those prayers should be persistent, continuous, throughout our days. We don't have to be saying the rosary or kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament all day, although those are wonderful forms of prayer. We just need to be aware of God's love for us and of our love for Him in little ways, just in thanking Him for this moment and asking Him for the needs we see around us. So prayer, whether thanking or asking, is the way that I keep my communion, my communication with God open and alive. Because an open and active communication is necessary for any good relationship. If the communication between a husband and his wife was limited to what's for dinner or we should get more exercise, when will my shirts be done, or when are you going to clean out the garage, I wouldn't bet too heavily on the strength of that marriage. Because any relationship needs constant, open, and loving communication. And that's what our faith is about. Not a set of beliefs and practices, but an ongoing relationship with the God who first gave us life, and then when we mess that up, He gave us His Son's life to save us from our own sins and welcome us back again and again into His love. So that's what we celebrate here today. Jesus' death and resurrection for one thing. You and your salvation. Me and my salvation. Unearned, undeserved, just to convince us that no matter what I do, he's ready to embrace me once again. If I will only repent and enter into that relationship that allows his merciful love to reach me. And it's only in that intimate relationship of prayer that we can begin to understand and embrace the beliefs and the practices that God gives us in our faith. So persistent prayer is not to change God's heart, but to change my heart. We don't or shouldn't pray, my will be done, rather thy will be done. And if we're seeking to accept God's will, we also have to listen. Not just tell God what we need, because he already knows that, but to listen to his responses. And sometimes, maybe most often, I need a little help to persevere in prayer. And look at the crucifix, the gift that Jesus gave each of us. When he was too weary to hold up his own hands in prayer for you and me until the very end, he allowed his hands to be held up by nails so that we would know, without a doubt, that he loves you and he loves me unconditionally. And all he asks of you and me in return is that we love him in the same intimate way. Now, it seems odd to me how we celebrate Mass sometimes. We listen for 5, 10, or 15 minutes to the homilist talk to us about the Scriptures, and then we proceed to ask Jesus, the Lord of the universe, to come and be physically present with us. And He does. And then we boldly come forward to eat His body and drink His blood so that He becomes part of our very being. And then right after communion, we quickly, quickly wrap it up and go home. What a missed opportunity for real intimate prayer. I can't get much closer to Jesus than when I have just taken him into my body. And what a time to thank him, to ask him, 
and to listen to him for what he wants to say to me. So here's my gift for you. I have three minutes left for my homily. But I'm going to stop now. And after communion, we're going to take that three minutes in silent prayer, being quiet with the Lord who's physically within us, to give thanks, to ask for our needs, and to listen to his will.